Welcome in to another edition of Divorce Force Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm very excited to introduce next guest. She has various experience in the sports industry, has worked with the San Jose Sharks, and is now the Director of Membership Development for the AAA Affiliate for the Diamondbacks. Please welcome Laura Raymond, everybody. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me this morning, Adam. Super excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, thank you for having, uh, for joining today. You know, it's great. I actually uh, had Emily Jansen, uh, the GM of the Reno Aces, on a while back, um, and that was a pleasure. And I'm sure uh, the conversation is just going to be as enjoyable as Emily. She is a phenomenal uh, leader and uh, really enjoyed uh, talking with her. Yeah, she definitely is. We're super lucky to have her um, on the team. And actually, I did listen to that um, episode not that long ago. It was a, it was a great one. <laughs> yeah, so sure. So excited to have you on. Um, I always like to start, where did sports play for you? Whether that was, you know, playing sports as a kid growing up or going to, you know, sporting events uh, with family members and friends uh, as a child. Yeah, so um, I played sports in the sense that I'm from a very small town and nobody gets cut from the team. <laughs> um, so I definitely, right, I participated. I was never like the standout athlete um, of, of our school or anything like that. But, um, you know, it's a different experience when you just get to play for fun and you're not, you know, there's that competitive piece is obviously there because it's sports, but it's not in the mindset that you are, you know, trying to make a a career or anything, you know, a college um, scholarship or things like that out of it. So um, was involved in sports as a kid, um, did a little bit of everything, you know, soccer, volleyball. Um, I'm, you know, five feet tall. So basketball was <laughs> in my wheelhouse, um, but did a little bit of everything and um, definitely grew up watching sports as a kid. Um, that was a big thing for us, you know, in our family, um, you know, son- uh, football on Sundays. Um, grew up definitely in in a hockey household. Uh, my dad's from the East Coast uh, originally, so spent a lot of nights, you know, watching Sharks games and um, you know, and kind of bonding over that um, as a family. So that's kind of how it, it plays in into my past and how I kind of initially got um, got the the interest, the idea that um, sports might be a place that I wanted to to try. Yeah, that's huge. And if you know, going to games and going to you know different venues. Um, what was your favorite sporting event uh, that you uh, remember going to or that you can remember uh, growing up as a child? Uh, probably the first Sharks game that I went to um, was a Sharks-Bruins game. And if you've ever been to any team that plays the Bruins, like those fans come out of the woodwork and they come out of everywhere. <laughs> so, um, you know, the building was rocking. The energy was great. And it just really, like, it was my first time in, in an, a stadium of that size in an arena that big. Um and it just like I was wowed. I uh, was really kind of I was shocked that you could get, you know, 17,000 people in a building all focused mm-hmm. on one thing that um, that otherwise, you know, these people right very often would never run into each other in their lives. You know, the people you're sitting next to are total strangers, but you have this thing that you're bonding over, um, which was very cool to me and kind of was like just really sparked my interest in the industry um, and kind of was is really still the reason that I'm that I'm in it. Yeah, for sure. You talk about, you know connecting the the fan aspect of it to wanting to make an impact on a larger scale. So when was that moment for you that, you know, whether it was in college or even doing various internships, were like, wow, this, this can be a career for me and I can make a huge impact within the sports industry? 
Um, I, I think that really hit, um, hit me hard when I uh, was working for the San Francisco Giants. Um, so when I was there, I worked in um, the Gotham Club, which is the private membership club that they've got there out in, um, in the right field wall. And the original thought for this club was it was going to be kind of the who's who of San Francisco. It's a private yeah. membership. It's, um, you know, it was going to be this kind of swanky place that you could come and watch baseball and have it be just a part of your experience because um, it's all about the club. The club in itself is all about the history of the Giants and the move from New York from being the Gotham's to then being the Giants and coming to San Francisco. Um, but it was the, the thought was this is going to be kind of the who's who of, of San Francisco. But what ended up happening was you have, you know, you definitely got those as members, but you also have just the diehard Giants fans that are, you know, teachers and have been fans forever and just have such an affinity and a bond with the team that they, you know, they're putting together whatever they can to, you know, to buy a membership into this club. And you've got people from, you know, all over the Bay Area that have these memberships that are in, you know, you've got teachers, there are, you know, CEOs, there are, you know, people that are retired and they just do it for fun. People from all walks of life in this club that to this day are still, you know, still friends. And it's been six years since I've worked there. But like I said, in, you know, in, in everyday life would never have crossed paths and never would have had a reason to, but have built this amazing, incredible, you know, incredible friendship and bond over a sport. But um, their, you know, affinity for the Giants, their love and their bond for that particular team brought them all together um, and have created these like amazing lasting friendships. Um, you know, that was six years ago. And um, I was, you know, lucky enough just to be down at a game um, about a month ago and saw a bunch of them still there. They're all still friends. And um, that for me really kind of opened my eyes a little bit to um, to what being a sports fan is and the impact that it can have kind of on your life outside of just being, you know, something that you have an interest in. It can really impact and have a, you know, a lasting effect on your life and your friend group and, and kind of the people that you surround yourself with. Yeah, for sure. And talk about the impact of sports, because a lot of, I mean, even now we've seen it through the pandemic and sports always seem to be at the forefront of so many things in a positive way. So talk about, you know, what you've seen uh, throughout your years and different organizations and how much sports is able to play a positive impact uh, within different communities and society as a whole. For sure. Yeah. Um, that's one that is one of the like, most interesting things I find about this industry. Like, you know, especially during the pandemic, like it was obviously, you know, the first thing that that kind of rocked the world of like something's, you know, something's going on when in the middle of an NBA game, you know, they're stopping it right in the middle. Um, you know, that was kind of the first like big wake up call. I vividly remember that. But when we were able to come back and be some of these first large events and create that um, some sort of, you know, quote unquote normalcy again for people, like it was huge. Um, we saw it a lot in uh, when we brought our, uh, we used to host a USL soccer team at Green Nevada Field. And when we were able to come back and have our first games there with fans, like it was just the, you know, the, the energy was amazing and it just gives people that. Um, something to look forward to, you know, obviously pandemic, you know, changed everything. And that was, you know, just the first piece, but, but in general, you know, it's people are coming to sports games to have a good time. They're coming to sporting events because they're, you know, they're celebrating something they've purchased, like they're, you know, they are deciding that that's where they want to be. Um, and it's, you know, it's on us and the industry to create that experience, but, you know, people aren't going to a sporting event to have a bad time. You know, everybody is, you know, they're, 
for for that positive experience. You know, they're celebrating something. They are, you know, enjoying it with friends. They're at a you know birthday party, a group outing. This is something that they are you know choosing to spend their their extra dollars on. Um, and you know, everybody's got that that want to be there and to you know have that kind of common focus of what what they're doing for that day. So um, to me, you know, I just find that super interesting. Yeah, for sure. And what I love about you know your experience, you've worked across multiple sports. So talk about, you know, taking an opportunity, no matter where it was or what the sport entailed, because obviously in the sports industry, you may not get the dream job as your first job, right? And uh, there's always ways and uh, steps you got to take to earn that. So talk about, you know, being able to keep a positive mindset, uh, no matter what sport you were working in. For sure. Yeah. Um, you are spot on there. Like the, you know, the first job you take in sports is probably not going to be pretty, um, but it gets you in the door, right? It gets you started. Um, yeah. Trying to, you know, be always be on, you know, on the upside and providing that, that positive experience for everyone and, you know, staying in that, that positive mindset. It definitely, it takes some training. It takes some work just like, you know, just like the athletes that are out there, you know, you've got, you have to put, put some work into it. Um, just, you know, as with any job, but I think the biggest piece, um, to kind of, you know, stay, stay positive as we're working, you know, especially through seasons, right? Like when you're in season, it's a grind and you're there, you know, you spend a lot of time there, but, you know, finding that, that thing about the sports industry that drives you, um, for me, what I love about this industry, like I've kind of said, is creating the event and the experience that we're able to create for the fan. That's, for me, like that's my driver in sports is being able to provide that experience and how do we continue to make it better? And that's what excites me about it. But, you know, the the key, I think, is really finding what about the industry you love. Um, you know, how do you connect to it? That and keeping that always at the forefront of your mind when you're having those tough days and you're on your you know sixth game in a row of late nights. Um, but always like kind of coming back to that that piece that centers you of why do you want to be there and what in the sports industry really are you connected to finding that and figuring that out is huge in keeping you um keeping you going and you know kind of keeping you grinding through seasons and stuff yeah for sure and i would imagine i would think that you know obviously being a multifaceted individual there's definitely some value there and is there any challenges when working or coming into a new sport or is it as you mentioned, finding that why, no matter, as long as that consistent, it makes the transition, you know, not too much of a hurdle to overcome. Yeah, I definitely think um, so. Yeah. So for me, in my background, right, I started in in the NHL, I went to hockey, uh, then I moved to baseball, uh, got out of the industry for a little bit and has have now come back to baseball. But that transition is definitely made easier if you have a strong sense of why you want to do the thing, you're, the thing that you're doing. Um, cause you know, especially as you, as you move in and out of leagues, the mm-hmm. cadence of games change the, your, you know, you're on, you're in season, you're off season, um, you know, those things change depending on the league you're in. But if you can, you know, really stay connected to that, why, um, it really does make the transition, um, a little bit easier. And I would even say, you know, that, that extends past the sports industry as well. You know, I've transitioned out of and back into the sports industry and, um, you know, knowing like what it is about the work you're doing that really want, like, you know, that drives you helps, you know, even I got out of the industry and I was in, I worked in construction, I worked in a restaurant, but it's still at the end of the day, like what I was doing in those jobs, I always 
my, my mindset was what kind of experience am I providing for my clients, for the people that are eating at this restaurant, you know, for my coworkers, you know, what's the experience? What am I adding to this to make this a good day for other people? That's helped me tremendously to, tra to transition between leagues and industries. So, you know, finding what that is for you is, is huge. And always knowing that, but you have that to come back to and kind of centering the work that you're doing around that will be so beneficial. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously you have the passion and the love to help others and especially in the sports industry. Did you ever feel that it, maybe you might be in a different industry or, or, you know, did that ever come up or, you know, walk me through that process? Yeah. So, um, so I kind of, so my, my sports, my sports career honestly kind of happened by accident. Um, I was in San Jose. I was going to San Jose state, finishing up my degree. I had just moved there from Reno and I knew one guy, uh, that was from the small <laughs> town that I grew up in. And I asked him if he had anything that if he knew anybody or had anything that, um, that might be available for me. Um, I was in the hospitality program at San Jose state and he happened to work for the San Jose sharks. He was the mm -hmm. um, director of sweet hospitality and at the time. Um, so that's how I ended up in the sports industry. I had an internship with him, um, did an internship for a semester and I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, obviously I was a hockey fan that helped. Um, but originally, you know, so that's kind of how I got my start in the industry, but I did my internship, but you know, like we, like we mentioned earlier, then I went to being, I was a guest services staff. You know, I wore, um, you know, I, I wore the, the hourly uniform and <laughs> like worked game nights and started at the bottom, which I think, um, you know, if you want to be in sports, like knowing how things work from the bottom all the way up is, you know, that is going to go very far for you. But, but my original thought was I was, you know, I was going to be in hospitality and tourism. Um, you know, I wanted to do resorts. I wanted to do restaurants. Um, that was kind of the initial thought. But, you know, like I said, I've been the in and out of the sports world now. And I've kind of found that that niche of the market that I love. Um, so I think it's definitely where I'll stay for the for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And I love that networking, the power of networking. I mean, how and I mean, everybody knows it's important, but making that, you know, decision just to ask. And I think sometimes and and obviously you did it the right way by just just asking. It wasn't like, um, you know, you were too pu pushing it at all. So talk about how, you know, current students and people who want to work in the industry, uh, you know, had just the way they ask and, you know, every, people want to help you. And all they have to do is either pick up the phone or send a note, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's huge. Networking is, is there is nothing that will get you farther in this industry than networking and just building that relationship. Um, and don't be afraid to, um, I think, you know, for my best advice and, um, you know, it's so much easier now with, you know, with LinkedIn, with, um, it's easier to, you know, with email, like with the technology we have, it, it makes it so simple, but reach out to people whose jobs you think you might like. You don't have to be connected to them. Send them, find their email address somewhere, send them an email, send them a LinkedIn message and just say, Hey, I'm interested in, you know, in this industry, you look like a person or, you know, you seem to have a job that I'd be interested in. Do you have 10 minutes to talk to me? 10 minutes of somebody's time is not a big ask. Um, and, you know, and like people, you know, people that are in the industry, like myself, you know, Adam, like you, we want to help. We want to mm -hmm. share the things that we've learned along the way with new people, um, with, you know, with new people who want to get into sports, because we always want to build the industry, right? We want to build that, that pool of talented and interested people who are passionate about it. 
Um, so we're always willing to share those 10 minutes. So don't be afraid to ask the question. Um, and once you do and you get those 10 minutes and you have that conversation, put some work into staying connected, you know, continue to you know, every once in a while, reach out, um, reach out to those people and just check in, see how if things have changed with them. Um, you know, we're always, always willing to help and to, to answer questions. Um, but really, once you have, once you know those people, don't be afraid to ask um, and just say, you know, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. Can you help me? Um, I found that that's the way that I try to approach um, most things I need help with still to this day. But, you know, going, going about things and saying, hey, you know, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. Can, you know, how can you help me? Not saying I need, saying like, I need your help is goes so far. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's so true. And, you know, asking, you know, for just 10 minutes is such a huge thing. I mean, uh, and that's, that's huge. And, and everybody, a lot, you know, a lot of people, I think, you know, the pandemic, uh, you know, brought to, you know, technology at the forefront where a lot of people were able to connect uh, with a lot more people. So always just willing to ask and willing to ask um, is a huge thing. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Just put, you know, <laughs> nobody's going to come to you with advice. Nobody's just going to offer it up for free. Um, so definitely, you know, yeah, making, putting, putting yourself out there to, to ask the question, what the worst they'll say is no. Exactly. There's no <laughs> such thing as a free lunch, as they say. Right? Exactly. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the worst thing that's going to happen to you if you ask is they say no, or you don't get a response and then you move on to the next and that's okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so talk about your role now as the director of membership development uh, for the Reno Aces and uh, what you, you know, what's your day to day like? And, you know, what do you enjoy most about that role? Yeah. Um, so what I do, so kind of the, the, the census of my job and kind of the, well, I'll boil down to um, my job. I'm the, the day to day contact for all of our season member base. So We've got about 1,400 or so season member accounts, um, ranging in you know in plan size and stuff like that. But but my job really boils down to creating the experience for them, um, answering the questions they have, doing events, working games. Um, you know, it's really I I really handle all the service side of our season membership. So um, my day to day, depend you know where obviously in season off season changes uh-huh. a little bit. But you know, looking in season, you know, my day to day is is putting on a show. Um, for people, you know, if we're in season, we're, we're in the middle of a homestand. It's, um, you know, it's answering the, the season member questions about, you know, tickets or giveaways or, you know, events for members and things like that. And, you know, being that face at games and building those relationships, um, building relationships with our season members is, I think, really the, the biggest part of my job that I do, um, which I love because I'm, you know, I am a people person. I get to you know, sit and, um, you know, and chit chat with people and, and learn about their families and their backgrounds and their jobs and, you know, how they got to Reno and, and all those things. Cause you know, there's that, this, you know, a saying in, in the sales world, um, it's really hard to say no to your friends. Um, <laughs> when, it, when it comes to renewal time, right. You know, if I know, if I can have a personal conversation with my accounts and my season members, it makes them want to be there because they, you know, the product on the field, right. It, it stays the same. It's baseball. It's 72 games of baseball, but if I can make the experience of being at the ballpark different every time and make it more than just baseball, right. They're going to continue to want to come back. So that's a really, the biggest part of my job really is, um, is that relationship building. Yeah. Tell me about the experience and some things that you were able 
to accomplish uh, with the season just coming to an end? Uh, you know, what are some things that you guys did over last season that, you know, you're most proud of or that really created that wow experience for fans coming to the stadium? Yeah, um, th- I think this this past season was, you know, right for everybody was the anomaly 2021. Because um, <laughs> just being like when we were able to open gates in May after not having a baseball game for over 600 days, um, you know, it was tears of joy for us and mm-hmm. for our fans because, you know, for so many, um, you know, especially at, at the AAA level, we get, you know, our demographics a little bit tends to trend a little bit older and we've got, you know, a lot of retired people that this is their social aspect, but um, you know, just that in general was, you know, being able to do that again was huge. Um, and kind of be able to bring that back, like I said, you know, that sense of normalcy and like something that's something's coming back and things are happening. Um, we did a couple of really great theme, you know, theme nights, our marketing department um, that drives our theme nights. You know, they are just amazing. Um, they do do some great build outs, great theme nights. Um, so putting those on are always fun. I think one of the best ones we did this year um, that really kind of dug into Reno culture was um, our mining night. You know, mining in Reno is still one of the largest industries in our state. So we, you know, we worked with uh, the local and kind of the state's mining mining kind of organizations and brought people into games from all over the state that had never been there before and totally like themed this night out. But it was amazing um, just to to really celebrate Nevada's culture like that and bring those things in and kind of get get people who wouldn't traditionally come to our games interested and bring them in the building. Um, so, you know, being those, pulling those kind of creative aspects and getting, you know, expanding your market and expanding your footprint within the state, um, you know, is always, always good, always good for the bottom line. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I love that. And, and talk about, you know, the, the things that are able to do that aren't on the field or, you know, bringing non-baseball events uh, to the stadium and how powerful that is and what that means, you know, for the aces and the organization. Because obviously baseball is obviously the number one factor, but also having the ability to bring, you know, concerts and other events to the stadium. How important is that, especially being in the minor league space? Um, we, yeah, we're, we are learning quickly, um, the power of, of the, the off baseball weekend in the summer. Um, <laughs> like I, like I had mentioned, we used to, um, up until, uh, 2019. So about two, let's see, uh, 2020, um, almost about a year ago, um, up until then we hosted a USL soccer team, um, the Reno 868. <laughs> so, um, basically every off weekend that we had a baseball, we had a soccer match, which was great because our building was busy, you know, all the time with that being, um, you know, obviously not not a sport we're playing here in Reno anymore. Um, it's opened up a lot of event space and things like that for us in the stadium. But um, it's great to to bring some different things in, um, you know, bringing in, you know, like I we, tonight we've got a 10,000 person concert that's coming through. That's, you know, a band that's never been to Reno um, and they are, you know, they chose us at the venue. So being able to bring, you know, be that outdoor space and that different venue for for the non-baseball fans of Reno is awesome because we can, you know, not only are we creating that, that sense of community for our fan base, but we can do it, you know, for the larger Reno population, um, you know, bring some, some entertainment into um, a world that can, for some people be very mundane. If you're, you know, if you've got the, a nine to five job that you don't love and it isn't sports and it isn't entertainment, um, you know, to be able to provide that, that, um, that avenue for other people is awesome. Yeah, for sure. And talk about, you know, 
how does that work as far as bringing you know a concert to you know a baseball stadium and uh, does do you guys as an organization seek out opportunities as with the venue or does um, like the participant and the venue itself um, or the person coming seek out venues uh, like you guys for that opportunity? It, um, it kind of depends, actually. Um, but for the most part, um, we as the building are reaching out to promoters to see, um, you know, who are building concert schedules and, and writing stuff out um, to see, you know, see what's out there. Um, you know, if a, if a promoter is going to be, we're lucky in our, in our industry and where we are, we are so close to Lake Tahoe. Um, so if they, <laughs> we, we are a big, um, you know, Harvey's outdoor amphitheater in Tahoe, they pull a ton of great shows. Um, and so since we're close by, you know, we can be kind of jump onto that concert circuit a little bit because we're kind of in the area. Um, but it's kind of a mix of both, you know, promoters are writing out tour schedules and they're reaching out to see what venues are. We're also reaching out to promoters and saying, Hey, you know, we're interested in hosting events, you know, try to get on people's radar. So it's a little bit of give and take there. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, talk about, you know, the, in season, what's that's like? I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but, you know, going in season with 2021, you know, what was that, you know, feeling like just walking in for the first time with fans, that excitement, and then, you know, going through the season to have fans back, you know, after the challenging time of uh, 2020? Uh, it was on, it was incredible. Um, it was <laughs> absolutely incredible. I mean, the first day that, um, that we opened our opening day in May. Um, we had kind of a pre an all staff, you know, pregame meeting and we were right in our rotunda, you know, right in front of our main gates inside the building. And, um, fans are just lined up outside waiting to come in. And so, uh -huh. and, you know, my, our company president kind of, you know, made a speech and about, you know, you know, he said, said a couple words and we all started clapping and all of the people that were outside started clapping for us and cheering and it was just like this feeling of like we are doing something good for our community like you know being able to bring that back and like i said that sense of normalcy was just incredible it's something i will never forget um ever i mean i think you know this this past year the past 18 months have been a lot of those things of things we'll never forget but that was um i just got chills thinking about it again and walking through it yeah um, for sure I mean, but it was I you know it was great it was um you know, people were so thrilled, like I said, so thrilled to be back. And it creates that, um, you know, for a lot of people, a lot of our older demographic, their, you know, their ACEs games, that's their social setting. That's their social outings. Um, there's, you know, the, they don't want to even, like, they never want to move their seats because they love the people they sit around. And, you know, they build these relationships again, right? Like, through being, you know, at sporting events, and they may have never crossed paths, never would have had a reason to cross cross paths otherwise, but they've become, you know, built these friendships because of, of sports and to be able to see that again and, and provide that for people in a safe, comfortable way um, was awesome. And, I, you know, it just was definitely something that our, you know, our entire building, um, all of our staff from, you know, from top to bottom, I think was so proud of this year. It was, it was great to be a part of, um, you know, to be able to do that. And, you know, next year, right, we get, we get to come back and do it again and we get to do it better and we get to change some things up and we get to, you know, bring some different experiences. And that's one of the, is one of the beauties of sports is like I said, yeah, the, you know, the, the product stays the same, but we get to continually make it better and build on it and make the experience something different. Um, but it was, you know, it was great. Yeah, for sure. It's not, 
you know, at the at the major league level, it's sometimes <laughs> about uh, wins and losses, but definitely at the minor league level, it's the it's not always about the wins and losses. It's about that experience for sure. Absolutely, yeah, and I think. Um, that is one of the things I love most about the minor league, uh, you know, about minor league baseball and, and the AAA level. Um, it's a lot, you get to be a lot more creative and a lot more fun with it. Cause you're, you're right. It isn't always about, you know, the wins and losses, like our team changes constantly. You know, the guys that are on the field are, you know, constantly going up and down and, you know, things are changing, but you know, we get to have some fun with it and be creative and build that, um, build it out a little bit more. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. The major leagues are awesome, but the minor <laughs> leagues have just a different, a different level of involvement on the staff side too. I feel like you get to have, um, you get to have some more say in what, in what's happening. And you, you know, your input is, is well heard, um, you know, for most teams, at least in my experience. Um, so that's, you know, I think I have an affinity myself for minor league baseball as opposed to major league working in it for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, um, a great experience when you go into minor league games and, uh, yeah, I love it. And, um, and I can definitely attest the excitement of going to sporting events. I've uh, been back to Camden Yards here in Baltimore and got to go back to a Bowie Bay Sox stadium. Uh, so it's been a great year to come back with fans. I think everybody in and outside of sports uh, is appreciated of having the thing. Cause it was we like, obviously like last year with having, uh, fans not be able to come in and see their favorite teams play it. It was, it was a weird feeling. Uh, mm-hmm. And I can imagine what it was like on the staff, right? Yeah, it was very strange. Um, so we obviously, you know, AAA didn't, didn't play last year, but um, with the soccer, with, you know, the USL team that we had, we uh, played like eight home games with no fans in the building. So, um, you know, they always talk about in sports, right. That other duties as assigned is always part of your job description. And when we were playing with no fans, um, all of our, you know, our full-time staff, we were doing, you know, I was working in the control room, <laughs> um, you know, doing all, all sorts of different things that I never would obviously have experienced in, you know, if we had fans in the building, but it was very bizarre um, being, you know, being there watching a game happen, but having nobody in the building, you know, you're, you can hear the players, you know, you know, yelling at each other and, and calling the game from the field. Um, that's, you know, something that, you know, unless you're, you know, you're watching some, a mic'd up episode somewhere, you don't get that, you know, you're not hearing that on a regular basis. So it was definitely different, but um, yeah, it was great to be able to have, have fans back in the building. For sure. And, and talk about, you know, the ebbs and flows, you mentioned it um, earlier on with dealing with different seasons and that's always um, a big uh, part of the sports industry. It's not a nine to five. Uh, so how have you been able to balance that, uh, the ebbs and flows of seasons and, and things like that within uh, your own personal growth uh, within your career? Yeah, that is definitely, um, it's one of the biggest challenges of working in sports is is the schedule. Um, <laughs> it's not a secret and um, you just have to be, you know, be prepared for that going in. Um, I think the biggest thing and the, the biggest piece of advice I ever heard um, from someone was be where your feet are. Um, when you are at the stadium, when you're working, be present, be involved, you know, be put, put your mindset there, you know, do what you do, what you came to do um, when you're, when you're working, but when you're not, you know, if you're home, be home, 
you know, be, try to disconnect a little bit. Um, you know, let, let that, let that go. Be, be present in your home with, you know, with your loved ones, with your significant other, with your animal, like do whatever it is that you're doing, but, you know, trying to really be where your feet are, um, and really kind of try to focus on that is huge because it is a grind. Um, you know, it's, it's for the minor league schedule this year, we were six game homestands. Um, you know, we played, you know, six nights in a row. You're there till, you know, mm-hmm. till nine, 10 o'clock at night and you're back again at, you know, nine, 10 o'clock the next morning. And that's, you know, you have to be able to, to get through that. And if, you know, when you're there, if you're focused on the task at hand and what you're doing and again, right. Like having that, that why always cemented um, in, in the back of your head of, I'm doing this because, you know, X, Y, Z factor really drives me having that, you know, and knowing that helps, helps you get through the grind of a season. But then, you know, again, like when you're home, when you're away, be away and take that time for yourself to, to re-energize and reset and, and get ready to, you know, to do it all again. Um, you know, that's, that's the in-season piece. The off-season piece, you know, you do get a little bit more of that regular nine to five. Um, you know, when you're you're just you're in the office and you're doing, you know, a little bit more of the the renewal work, the retention work, the planning um, for the for the upcoming season. Um, you know, taking that time in the off-season to to you know do the things that you love to do, have the hobbies, you know, make sure you're you know getting plenty of rest and exercise and all those things. So play a factor, um, you know, in the mindset and be able to, to get through that grind and, and prepare yourself for the next season. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you talk about, you know, be where your feet are. I love that because uh, especially in baseball, you know, it, it's around summertime. Uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, a lot of people take vacations and baseball is right in the thick of summer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, especially right, being this close to Tahoe, it it you get you can definitely have that a little bit of FOMO there for baseball. But you know, it's uh again, you know, if you love it and you love what you do, um, if you know it, it's worth it. You know, it you you may miss out on some things for sure because you're working. You know, and that's just part of it. You know, you you are working at the things that people are doing for fun. You know, exactly. <laughs> right? because you're the person putting on the fun. Um, so you definitely have, you know, there's always those moments of, you know, that you, you missed out on something. But um, in big picture, when when you're able to put on when, you know, because you're working, you're doing the fun thing for so many thousands of people. You know, it's definitely gratifying. It's it's worth missing out on a couple of things here and there. Yeah, I love that. And, uh, you know, talk about, you know, internships and, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, do the Reno Aces have internships and uh, have there been any success stories with interns being hired on? Yeah. Um, so we do, um, we do have internships. It kind of varies season by season and how we're, you know, what we're structured like at the time. Um, but we do, uh, we do keep in interns, um, you know, in season, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and we love to hire from within, you know, so if people are, um, you know, putting in the effort and showing that they want to be there. You know, we definitely want to find a spot for you. Um, we, our company values, you know, we have what we call our home values, um, you know, honesty, opportunity, memories, and energy. And opportunity really is one of our big ones that we want to, you know, if people are there and they're committing to us, we want to commit to them and, uh, and you know, find find the right places. And I think the other, the other piece to that, right, is, you know, with with internships, it's all about learning what you do and what you don't like. In you know, in internships and in jobs in general, um, you know, if if what you 
have learned that you love doing is not what you're currently doing and you want to make a change, that's okay, right? You know, use those internships to really figure that out. Um, it's okay to, to decide that what you think you wanted to do is not what you actually wanted to do. And I think a lot of times people get stuck in, you know, I've put so much energy and focus onto working in, you know, the sports industry into the, you know, XYZ industry, you know, you name it. Um, people change your, you know, the things that you love to do might change and that's okay. Um, you know, but figuring out what you, with, you know, do what you love and, and do that, but definitely take the time to, to figure that out. Yeah, for sure. Internships are a huge piece of it. Yeah. Um, so you talk about your in season, uh, where you hire a lot of interns. So when, you know, when do you guys usually put applications out for internships uh, when they become available, getting ready for season when you guys are gearing up for that? Uh, usually, you know, it's usually about first quarter. So we'll start to really kind of do our planning um, for, you know, our, our set schedule starts in April. Um, so usually around that February timeframe or so is when we'll start really wanting to, to ramp up um, for the intern piece. Um, but, you know, we're always, always looking for good people um, to come on and, and give us, you know, give us some support and, and really bring some energy and some passion to the industry. So we are really always looking. And, and again, you know, going back to that, that all you can do is ask, you know, if you don't see something posted that you're looking for, um, I think especially at the minor league level, um, if you don't see anything posted for an internship, you know, find an email address, you know, message somebody on LinkedIn, say, you know, I, and again, right. I'm interested in doing X, Y, Z for your company. Is that an opportunity that you'd be willing to explore? You know, ask the question again, the worst they're going to say is no. And at best you get a job out of it, an internship, or you're on their radar for when something does pop up, you know, you've already built that connection and, and your name is at the, at the forefront, you know, in all honesty, that's how I got my job the way I am now. Um, I had applied for the membership coordinator role. Um, with the aces and probably, I don't know, nine months before I started actually working for them and didn't end up taking the job. And then, you know, nine months later or so they reached out to me and offered me this director's level job. So, um, you know, I was, I got in front of them at some point. Huh. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And, and talk about that process and, you know, seeing and, and being, you know, just not a number. And I think in today's environment, you know, technology is a great thing, but, you know, when applying or, you know, when you're going through, you know, work, you know, things can get muddy a little bit and you want to stand out, stand out and be interesting. So how, how did you do that? And what was kind of your strategy there with making sure you stood out and, you know, didn't get missed uh, by them? For sure. Um, yeah, applying to stuff like online is is very difficult um, because you're you're spot on, like especially as somebody who has hired people and you know been going through <laughs> stacks of you know teamwork online submissions and you know going through getting 10 new applicants in a day, it it does get a little bit monotonous on even on the hiring side. Um, but I think you know my best advice in that to to stand out is um you know, absolutely apply through those those traditional channels, but try to find, you know, do your research, first of all, um, do your research on the company, do your research on the people that are in there and try to figure out, um, you know, do, do your research and figure out who it is that you would be working for at that particular job. 
and send them an email, send them a LinkedIn message. You know, just wanted to introduce myself. I submitted an application. If you have any further questions, please feel free to reach out to me um, directly. I would, you know, I'm very interested in this, like sending that personal, that personal follow-up um, with stuff is, is huge um, because then I already, if I'm looking, you know, through teamwork at applications, I already know your name. It's already, you know, it's already stood out to me because you popped up in my inbox or in my LinkedIn. Um, so doing that, and I think, you know, once you get into the interview process, um, again, building, try to build the rapport, build that relationship, um, you know, be, be honest, be open, you know, share your stories, um, you know, and try to try to find something that you can connect with. Those are the best interviews I've ever, I've ever had um, with applicants are people that I felt weren't just answering the question that I'm asking or giving me, you know, the written down answer of, you know, what they think I want to hear. They're giving me real world examples. They're giving me, you know, snippets and kind of an insight into their personality and really, um, you know, showing that they've, they've, you know, got some passion in it, like putting that personal, personal spin on your answers um, and trying to build that rapport with whoever it is you're interviewing with really will help you stand out. Yeah. And I, and I see there, um, for those candidates to stand out during the interview process for a candidate, it's more about telling their story than just answering the questions and giving a candid response. Right. Absolutely. Uh, there's yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's, you know, tell the story, tell your story. Um, because you know, that's your background is, you know, it, it's huge. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I can't, could not stress that enough. Tell your story in your interview. Um, you know, if you just tell me I went to XYZ college and I graduated with this and my plan is this and, you know, it's like, okay, all right. Everybody's got a plan, but how have you put it into play? You know, why is that your plan? Um, yeah. Huge. Yeah. And you wouldn't have got the interview. The, the hiring manager has seen your resume, right? You look exactly. Resume, yeah. You know where they went to college or you see in their background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, couldn't send any better. Um, so we, uh, before we, uh, wrap up here, I like to say, do you like to win or, or love to win or hate to lose? I would say for me, I hate to lose. Um, more than loving to win, I hate to lose because it, um, in, from my perspective, right. That's something that I could have done better. Um, it's harder on me, you know, in my particular role, right. Those things come as, you know, it's, I hate losing the one-off accounts because in my head, it's what could we have done better. But I, you know, that is more impactful on my day to day than, the we won and we hit the renewal number. Um, but losing, you know, again, right. It's hard to say no to your friends. Um, so when people are, you know, moving, you know, most of the time it's people are moving out of town or, you know, things that just, it doesn't make sense to have tickets anymore, but those ones hit a little bit harder than the, than the, you know, hitting the goals come as a, as a win. That's awesome. And if I was to come to Arvino Aces game, what, where should I go first and why? If you're coming to an Aces game, um, my first recommendation is always to go out into our, um, what we call our family berm area. Um, just cause to go take it in, we've got a nice, um, our, you know, it's our standing room, it's our grass area, but it's a beautiful view of the stadium. Um, kind of gives you that full picture of, of everything we've got to offer. And, um, one of the things that Northern Nevada is known for are its summer sunsets and, uh, standing out there on the berm, watching the sun go down, 
um, and just light up the clouds and, you know, those classic, you know, desert sunset colors. It's a, it's a sight to see for sure. I love that, Laura. It's been a pleasure. If people want to learn more about you, talk to you about your story, uh, what's the best way to connect? Uh, absolutely. And please do um, shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'm, I'm listed on the ACEs website, shoot me an email, but um, yeah, definitely find me on LinkedIn. Um, if you have questions, if you, you know, need some, need some direction. I, again, you know, we always, people in the industry want to help you. Um, so ask the questions. I will absolutely answer. Um, so yeah, definitely LinkedIn is kind of the, is the, the number one there. Laura, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you coming on the pod. You too, Adam. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it.